Welcome to the Specify Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Tas Nakagawa of Castagra Products. Each week, I talk to leaders and experts about how to overcome adversity, grow massive organizations, and how to create meaningful change in the building materials and construction industry. Today's guest is Brian Q. Davis. He's the Executive Vice President of Scorpion Healthcare. Brian, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thank you, Tats. I, I'm, I'm glad we're able to make this happen. Uh, like I said, I've I've become a fan of yours since you guys reached out and um, you know compliment you for putting together so many great guests. It's so much, so much great content. I've been really enjoying it. It's, it's really a, quite humbling to be here. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. And I'm looking forward to uh, digging into your background. Whenever I look at a guest, I look at, you know, what, what, what sort of different things can I learn? And one of the things that really stands out, which I don't have a lot of experiences, you have a lot of experience in aerospace and defense. How did you get into that? <laughs> well, completely accidentally. I'm originally from Louisiana. I grew up there and went to LSU. And at LSU, I picked up rugby. And I, you know, just was a complete, complete kind of, hey, here's this cool thing. Go, go tackle people. All right, cool. I'll, I'll go do that. So I played rugby for, at LSU. And my last year, I made the All-American squad and kind of thought, well, that's going to be the end of my rugby career. It's kind of a way to go out on a high note. I was getting ready to go to law school, and then I got a letter from the Huntington Beach, California rugby team that said, hey, come play rugby in California. And I, so I was literally standing there one day, and I had the, you know, because they send you, if, if you don't know this, they send you homework about six weeks before law school starts. They'd like, get to work. Here's your, here's your you know, just so you know what you're in for. And so I, I literally had the homework for law school in one hand, and the letter from this rugby team in Surf City, California, saying, come play rugby for us. And I was standing there with this, like this decision, you know, it didn't take very long for me to go, well, you know what, I can always go to law school, but I'll, I'll only have one shot at this. So much to the chagrin of my dad, who's also an attorney, although he blessed it, he said, I, I went West, went out to California with literally a, um, a suitcase. And that was about it. Landed in Orange County. And all of a sudden I was out in, out in Orange County playing rugby and 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 not you know, didn't even really have a job just was just showed up and uh i was out there for a number of months and and one of the guys on the team said hey you know we, we're we're trying to build out our team we we need we need people and when my boss asked me what kind of people to find he said find people that would have your back in a bar fight and he's like i know who i'm gonna go get and so he called me not that I'm into bar fights at all, but but he just said somebody you can trust. Somebody's gonna have your back, right? That's that's what you're looking for. So he called me, and this was this this company was a was a reseller of CAD CAM software into primarily aerospace and defense and automotive suppliers. And I mean, I was a journalism major and an English lit major, so I I just I had no idea about. I didn't even know what this stuff was at the time. And uh, they said, hey, here's this software, start calling, you know, Boeing parts suppliers. And I just, so I just started calling and setting up appointments and learning things. And, and next thing I knew, I, I, I had spent 10 years in aerospace and defense selling into, you know, Boeing, Northrop, Lockheed Grumman, you know, getting to go and see where they make, you know, missiles and airplanes and helicopters, all kinds of things. And so that was a, that was a, a 10 year adventure. And then I, I got, I had another buddy about 
I guess about 10 years ago, say, Hey man, I need, you know, come over here, come into digital marketing. I said, I don't know anything about digital marketing. He said, come on, you can come on. I said, okay. So I did that and moved into some digital marketing. And then that led to a couple of startups. And then now the last eight years have been in, in really the healthcare industry, which was a similar conversation. Hey man, come on, this thing with healthcare. And I'm, I don't know anything about healthcare. No, I just come on. And so it's been that kind of journey tats, like just, you know, going from, the common thing I've seen is that it just where I found my skill set is I, is it kind of goes back to that journalism training, I think, which is, you know, you're taking a lot of complex or disparate data points and being able to boil it down and kind of see the pattern or see the see the signal and all that noise and then use kind of the storytelling background that I've gotten, I think, maybe from my grandmother and mother to kind of lead people on a journey to help them see possibly where, where they can go that maybe they haven't recognized yet, or to, or to just be the th- be the catalyst to come to them and say, Hey, I see more in you either as a company or maybe even as a person than maybe you see in yourself. And here's a path that, that could open up something for you that, that maybe you haven't seen yet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, now let's put some tangible examples. So this, I was going to ask you about this. I feel like you've developed a system. You have a system of sort of bringing information in and to your journalism background. Walk me through maybe just a a high level. When you got into defense, how did that play out? Well, I've actually had, this is something I've I've coached the younger people folks on now, now that I'm like, I can say that I've had some, some younger sales executives come in and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm in this and I don't, I don't know anything about it. How can I be you know, how, why would people trust me? And, and I thought about that. I said, what, what did I do in each of these leaps, right? And that's sometimes what happens with sales executives. They move from one company to another, one product to another, one, one industry to another. The skill sets most of the time transfer really well because if you can lean on your own certainty. And so then the question is, okay, how can I create certainty in a short amount of time? And it came from, when I reflected on this, I realized that what I did was that I just went out and said, I'm going to be, I don't have to be an expert in all of the software or the solution or how the software works. Because frankly, I, you know, I didn't really, I, I couldn't drive the software. I couldn't drive the CAD CAM software that I was selling. It wasn't a matter of being an expert in the solution. You had to quickly become an expert in the problem. And so that's what somebody can do pretty quick. And so the the tactic there is to simply just go out and you've got to put on your journalism hat and become a reporter and just start interviewing people. And that's what I did each time was I would interview current clients. Just tell me about the problem we are solving or have solved for you. What were the pains that it created? What were the downstream implications of those pains? I would talk to prospects and interview them about the same things, obviously. And then I would find experts that you always look for who's that you know, who's the guide that that you can lean on internally that can be your kind of go-to guy or girl and interview them about their experience. And you just gotta, you've just got to do the work of of interviewing and writing down and listening and just over not that not that much time, even if you're new to an industry, you can accumulate this perspective that is uniquely yours. If you're the person that goes out and interviews you know, for example, when I when moved into healthcare, we were working with hospitals. I, I didn't have a clue about the business problems of hospitals eight, nine years ago, but I just started going out and interviewing people. And 
multiple people at these at, at the organizations. And so as you start to do these interviews and bring on this information, let's say you do 30 interviews with 30 accounts or 30 executives or 30 hospitals or 30 supplier, whatever it is, that perspective and aggregation of, of views, almost like a journalist, right? Almost like a Wall Street Journal writer would do. You have this unique perspective that really only you see. Then all of a sudden you have the ability to kind of be the, be the guide. Even if you're new, even if you're young, you can still, you've got this unique thing. Now you don't have to know everything, but you just need to be an expert in the problem. And that's that's the first thing you've got to do when you move into something new is just become an expert in the problem. Don't worry about how everything works. Just worry about how it's creating pain for people. And then you've, then you'll be able to lean on that uh, without necessarily having to be a PhD in software engineering or aerospace fluid dynamics or anything like that. <laughs> now you mentioned the second part, which is you learned storytelling. How did that evolve? I'd have to say that I, that goes back to my my grandfather, probably most directly. And my mother was an author. My grandfather owned our, I'm from a really small town in North Louisiana called Cachada, Louisiana. And he owned our little local newspaper for 30 years and was an incredible storyteller. And that was just his nature. And so I just grew up you know, hearing great stories and 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 listening to great stories. But then also you recognize that that's the best way to communicate information. That's the way humans like to absorb information. They want a, they want a beginning, a middle, and an end. Of and then what's the takeaway? And if you can frame your your whether it's your your outreach or your your story or your pitch, I mean all of that. If you can use narrative, it's very powerful. Here's the features and benefits of what we do. Right, you've got to bring it into some type of context. I will say that my daughter, my oldest daughter, Annie Grace. She just turned seven. Let's see. There she is. Okay. I can get her. There she there is. Go. There you go. At age three, one time she came in and she said, Papa, I like stories that have a good part and a bad part and then a good part. And I was like, whoa, she's getting the dramatic arc at three. I was like, maybe, you know, wow, maybe there's something arc. there. So, yeah. <laughs> it's in the DNA, isn't it? I hope so. So she's, she's a pretty powerful storyteller already at seven. So I'm proud of her. Yeah. So what do you say to people say, Hey, Brian, I don't have the, the storytelling gene, or I don't have a, a cool uh, grandfather that tells stories. What, what do you tell those people that, that want to get better at this? I tell them that that's a story that they need a challenge because everybody has a story. Not all stories are true, including, I don't know how to be a storyteller. Everybody can be a storyteller. You just simply tell what you know. The people get stuck when they feel like they've got to tell a story about something that they don't know. And so Let's say you're again, let's go back to this example of you're, you're new in a company and you're not sure about the sales story and you don't really know, you know, when did our product work or when did our product really have an impact? Well, you got to go out and mine for those stories. You know, if I, if I was at your company, Tats, I would, first thing I'd do is come sit down with you and say, tell me some of the stories that you tell to other people. And your firsthand, you can inherit the emotion of those stories. I'm certain that there are times you've got, I'm certain you've got stories that are when you, there was, you know, so there, there the customer was going along and they had this problem. And then you guys showed up and you solved the problem. And here was the impact. There's lots of stories like that. You know, the story, the idea of, I don't, I'm not a storyteller that you, everybody's a storyteller. If you, and it just is, it's easiest if you just tell the things, you know, 
And the thing you know best is your own story. Mm. So most people go, you know, they, they also think they have to adopt somebody else's style, but, and I think this is very important in sales or really any business is you've got to, it's somehow, somehow do the self-examination to see where does my story intersect with what I'm doing right now? I mean, I'll just share one. I, you know, and I saw this happen, I guess it's five years ago. So I'd been working for the company I work for now, which is called Scorpion Healthcare. We work for digital, we do digital marketing strategy for hospitals, healthcare systems, big multi-local healthcare platforms. And, you know, while that was great, I, I could see, you know, then you can say, well, you're, how do I, how can I create, connect purpose to this? I could see it as, as a stretch. You know, we're, we're helping doctors connect with people that need their help. I can feel good about that. But it didn't really become real to me until exact. actually last week was exactly the five-year anniversary, which on February 19th, 2017, my daughter, Perry, not my older daughter, my, my younger daughter, my daughter, Perry was born with a birth defect that uh, no one had noticed until, until the mo moment she was born. And so the story goes as follows. It's 10.36 p.m., February 19th, 2017, Dallas Methodist Medical Center. And my wife does her job and Perry arrives. And I notice that there's something off with her feet. Something doesn't look right. And I'm standing there and I'm kind of like not sure what I'm looking at and don't want to really say anything because I don't want to upset my wife and the baby's here and it's a joyful moment and all this kind of stuff. But then I, I'm, I'm just feeling this kind of rising anxiety. And finally, I, I kind of lean over to the nurse and I said, hey, hey, nurse, did you happen to notice her feet? She was too busy to catch my question. She's running around the, the delivery room. So I'm sitting there again. I'm getting more anxious. And I finally leaned over to the doctor. And I said, hey, hey, doctor, did you, did you happen to notice her feet? And she goes, oh, it's, it's just bilateral club feet. They'll, they'll fix it at the children's hospital. And then walked off. Now, bilateral club feet, like I didn't know what that was. I, I, all, of a, all of a sudden, my fear and anxiety is even higher. So what did I do? I pulled out my phone started Googling, Googled Clubfoot Help Dallas, go. And when I did the search, an ad came up. I clicked the ad. It led me to Scottish Rite Children's Hospital, a landing page. On that landing page was some very succinct, specific text. And then a video that had a thumbnail of a child that had feet that were turned in the way my daughters were. I clicked on the video. And in the very next frame was that same child running around, three years old, totally okay. And that's when I got what we do. And so I realized, you know, I could connect that story. When I start to talk to our hospitals or healthcare providers, what it might, what it might be, I, I could use that story. Because if one of those details wasn't right, I would have had a different experience that day. Instead, when it was done right, I was able to go, okay, I don't know exactly what we're dealing with, with, with Perry, but, but there's somebody nearby that knows how to solve this. That's why what we do is important to me. And so that's an example of like, you know, looking for that personal story that you can look for ways to intersect it with what you're doing. And, you know, the postscript of that is Perry turned five last week. Let's see, there she is. Uh, there she is. She turned five last week and she's doing totally okay. Her feet are fantastic. She spent a year in braces and whatnot, but all a happy ending. So. You know, hopefully that gives you an example, but everybody, I would encourage anybody that thinks, oh, I don't have a story. You do have a story. 
It's just a matter of investigating and then trying to look for ways. How can something that was impactful, something that has typically high stakes, you know, there's, there is a dramatic arc, a good part, a bad part, and a good part. And then looking for ways to link that to, you know, what, what you're doing or what your company's mission is. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, earlier you, you referred to stories in terms of stories that we tell ourselves to limit ourselves. So I'm assuming yes. you've done a lot of personal development work. What are some limiting beliefs that you have personally overcome? Mm. All of my worth is tied up in my number and where I ranked on the sales board. And when Perry was born, that was exactly where I was. That I had, I, I reflected on this, like I had to reflect on this a lot. At that time, I was relatively new to the company, but I, I had come in and part of my problem was that I had said, well, I don't really know this industry. So who am I to be selling into it and, and, and that kind of thing? And so I did everything I could to quickly become an expert. But then I also had this certainty gap. And that certainty gap, the way I made up for it, was two things. One was, one was self-worth. One was, you know, if I'm not the top of the board, I'm not good enough. If I'm not doing the biggest sales, I'm not worth, you know, I'm not, I'm not worthy. That's the, you know, not worthy is a common thing, right? We have so many people are struggling with that voice that says, oh, you know, who are you? You know, you're not really worthy. Unless I was very much tied up in, if I am not top of the sales board, I am, I'm not really worth much. I had to overcome that. And it wasn't until this one with her arriving with club feet and some of the, the stress that that put on our family that really broke my frame. I, I had to look at myself and go, the patterns and behaviors that you have now, if they do not change, you will sacrifice your whole family and everything for this number. And in that course of that journey, I had to go to war with a lot of those stories, Tats. Like, like I had, that's, I had to go. And as you, I mean, I think you probably can relate. Like you have to go, it's absolute war to go against those stories. And, and, I, and I, one of the stories I had was, well, I have to go travel this much and I have to get this number and I have to make these sales because you know, my family is my responsibility. I'm doing it for my family, which is frankly where a lot of, I think a lot of salespeople, but certainly men will give themselves a, a pass to say, well, I'm doing all this because I, my, my family is my responsibility. And in the course of that journey, in the months that followed her birth, yeah, I, I mean, for, for lack of a better term, I, ha I, ha I had a very clear message from God. And he, he basically said, you know, your family isn't your responsibility. He's like, I don't need you. I gave you your family as a gift so that you could hear me if you choose to listen. And I started listening. And so I realized that if I didn't change my patterns and behaviors and didn't flip the, the script upside down, meaning, you know, if business and the number was everything, if that was the primary source of certainty and significance that I would sacrifice my children, my marriage. I was already sacrificing my body, sleep deprivation, like just overwork, all that. I would, all of that would be sacrificed at the, at the feet of that idol. With that message though, I realized I'm like, wait a minute, what, what am I being told here? And what I realized I was being told is, is that, you know, thou shalt not have no other gods before me. And so I realized I had this idol that I, that I was, I was making the idol 
and I couldn't, I had to change. And, and what's, what's fascinating and not surprising is that when you flip the script and you put, you put God first, you put your family there behind that. And then the integrity with yourself is that the business happens at a massive level. So it can happen without having to burn everything else down. So in terms of all, because I know you're involved in lots of other stuff besides, you know, your, your healthcare, what, what are some of the other things that you're trying to get going? Like I said, I, that journey really of the last five plus years has, it has been a journey of a lot of work. And again, I see, I see you in this a little bit in that there comes a point where you feel a compulsion to give back, right? You have a, you can't just, it's not just these lessons and the things that you go through is not for you. You're really just a, a steward, a shepherd of those things. And so, you know, a number of years ago, I started a podcast and uh, kind of just like you just started sharing the journey of what was going to bringing people on things like that. Then, you know, I had some people ask me, Hey, can you, can you help us? And I was, you know, in terms of figuring out our sales strategy and so, yeah, absolutely. And made some big impacts there. And then I had sales executives say, Hey, you, you know, can you, can you coach me up on this? I said, yeah, but I don't have time to do like all this one-on-one. So I, I built a, I, I said, you know what, I, I'm going to give myself a challenge to codify what I do, like my strategy and how it works. And so I did that last year and put it into a, a training curriculum that, that people can access. And, uh, and then finally kind of that whole journey. And some of it's covered in the, in the book is I, I've been working on this, this book right here for about four years. It's called The Sales War, How to Dominate Your Marketplace Without Sacrificing Your Body, Marriage, Children, or Your Soul. So that's really just a kind of a, you've got some of the highlights in, in this interview, but it's really just that story and some of the things that I, I learned along the way with really the primary intention to, I know there's me six years ago, the guy that's, you know, trying his best, like got the, got the little small children, doesn't know, you know, how to balance all of this stuff. I mean, I know you've probably seen, I mean, you've seen this, right? I mean, with the wrong ordering of priorities, you know, families get destroyed, marriages get destroyed, relationships with children get destroyed. And, you know, that's, that's just not what we're meant to do. And so that book is really just a letter to myself six years ago. And I know there's other men out there like that and other women too, that my hope is that that book will just give them a, a, a light of hope to understand that number one, they're not alone. That's another limiting belief. People will say, I'm not, I'm alone. Nobody understands this. Nobody's, nobody understands what I'm faced with. That's not true, right? It's, but we want to believe that because then we can, we can just stay in that, in that pit. And that's, that's not what we're called to do. So that book is coming out. I mean, it's, it's coming out soon, early, early 2022 to get it, get it out there. But, but that's, that's something. And I'm looking forward to getting that to, to more people. Wonderful. What a, what a wonderful mission. Now, um, is there anything that uh, I didn't ask you that you wanted to sort of touch on? The, my primary mission right now is, is like, is again, it's, it's like you, you, there's this thing where you reach a point where you've got an inventory of experience and, uh, and knowledge. And really the only way for you to continue to grow is to teach and lead and, and support others, you know, and, and so I've been doing that. And uh, again, I've got ways to do that so I can, you know, still be a practicing sales executive, but I can still give these things to people and help them. 
I'm also a coach with an organization called Warrior Week, which is uh, some you know might say it's possibly the most elite business coach business. It's elite training and coaching for married businessmen. As you you know, along these same lines, just like salespeople, businessmen, entrepreneurs, salespeople, we just all run really hot, right? We run really hot at those targets and those numbers. And it's really easy to get in a trap. That organization served me very well as part of my part of my awakening process. And uh, I've seen it. I've seen what it, the impact that we make on uh, men's families and their and their businesses incredibly powerfully. So that's another mission that I'm a part of. And yeah, I mean, you can find that at warriorweek.com. And then my, my content is it's the saleswar.com. So, but I, you know, if anybody is, you know, the, the things that we've talked about here resonates, I would encourage them to reach out to me. You can, again, you can find me on the saleswar.com or Brian Q Davis at the saleswar.com and please reach out to me. I, um, it really, there's nothing more joyful to me than, than making an impact and, and sharing sharing maybe just one little piece of information that can pivot somebody or just give them a different perspective that says, maybe the stories that I've been believing aren't true. And maybe there are some different stories that I can write that better serve me, my family, my business, and, and my father in heaven too. Yeah. Well, Brian, thanks for sharing your story. And I look forward to following you uh, along as your you know, future and future stories unfold. Yeah, likewise, Tats. Well, again, congratulations on all the stuff that you've been doing to put to put this content out there and bring great people on here. It really is a gift. I really do sincerely appreciate you having me on and uh, I look forward to let's do it again sometime and maybe I'll have you on my podcast. Sounds good. Thank you, Brian. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Specify Growth Podcast today. Make sure you check out youtube.com forward slash tats talks for video of today's podcast hit the subscribe button for upcoming episodes this podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com